Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back in to the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue and Sean Fitz with you once again. Another episode, another commitment to discuss. Jordan Allen, defensive back at Lafayette, Louisiana, announced his commitment to the Penn State Nittany Lions on Saturday afternoon. That's one that we referenced on our Friday episode following the commitment of Katron Allen, the running back at IMG Academy to Penn State. We said, hey, keep an eye on this Saturday afternoon. Things seem to be going in the right direction for Penn State, despite the lack of an official visit uh, or any trip to Happy Valley for Allen. Ultimately, he does commit to Penn State and those couple of Allen picks up, Katron, Jordan, there's 20 commitments in this class, just as you predicted, Sean, well before training camp. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Hey, well, thank you. I, I believe you know you did not say that they would be at twenty, but we're not we're not harping on that. I did not want to beat that one. Just take the, the compliment and move on. I appreciate that. I'm <laughs> I'm actually glad that you can keep this all straight because you're you know wheeling and dealing here with this guy committed this day and this guy was coming. Yeah, that's a lot. So especially <laughs> when you throw in a 2023 commit, a Harvard grad transfer offensive lineman commit. There's a lot going on. And two on guys right now. with the same last name. So, so like, you know, <laughs> we beat that drum for months about July is going to be the month. July is going to be the month. And it was, and it was even more busy than we thought it was, would be. And that, what is it? July 19th. So there's right, still time right. to work here. So there's, there's a lot going on. Jordan Allen, the latest one to join the class. We have him as a safety on 24 seven sports. He's going to play cornerback at Penn State, uh, about 5'11. Uh, he's a really good player. You put on the tape, he's very productive from the cornerback spot. He did, you know, have the, uh, the, the ability to play, uh, across from one of the top prospects in the, in the country. So teams would throw at him instead of throwing across the other way at Sage Ryan, but it was a really productive junior season for him. Just kind of a, an interesting recruitment because he doesn't pop off in terms of athletic numbers. He's got a 10.9, um, hundred meters, which is really good. Um, he's, he's run a four five, but probably more four, six guys. Not the, he's not the elite freak that, uh, an LSU would take or something like that because LSU D back recruiting just on another level from, from most schools. And that's, that's understandable, you know, looking at the, the talent pool that they have to draw from there and the, the, um, it's the draw that they have based on the guys they put in the league. Um, but Jordan Allen's a really good player. I mean, this is a guy that they've targeted for a while now. Terry Smith has been on him for a long, long time, was going to come up for an official visit in June. That didn't work out with his plans, said he wanted to come back uh, for an official visit for the whiteout game. We kind of wrote him off there at that point because we weren't sure that there would be space by the time that comes back around. And then all of a sudden he sets up a decision date. He visited Louisville, visited Miami, um, Ole Miss was in there as well. So, uh, you know, some quality schools in there as well. But Penn State, you know, kind of came around and, and you know, gave him the green light. He was ready to go. Everything I hear about this kid, and I think I said it on the last podcast, awesome kid. Um, you watched his, uh, if you watched his live announcement on Instagram, uh, everybody had great things to say about him. Not that that's 
you know, uh, that, that that's typical in one of those situations, but some really heartfelt stories from parents, from his sister, from his coach, a lot going on there. So um, a good pickup for Penn state. He seems excited to be a member of the class um, has not visited Penn state yet, which is kind of odd, but at the same time, uh, this is kind of that's that cycle. So we're going to see when he gets onto campus. Uh, he's hoping for September. Check out the uh, the Auburn game. Um, but uh, that'll be something to, to certainly watch down the stretch. Second time this cycle, we've seen a prospect commit to Penn State without getting to campus first. Jerry Cross, of course, did that last summer. He has since used an official visit on campus and uh, something to look forward to for Allen, for sure, and the Nittany Lions staff to have him in Beaver Stadium for a, a potentially a whiteout if it is that Auburn matchup. Um, he's from Lafayette Christian Academy, which is a smaller school, Sean, but it's one that you consistently hear Power 5 uh, teams going to and finding talent. Um, on their way to a state championship in 2020, uh, they defeated Arch Manning's uh, high school football team. He's the, the nephew of Eli and, and uh, Peyton. And so that was the big time matchup and not necessarily giving him all the credit for that, but you look at his body of work last year, he had five interceptions. He's a guy that I think really stands out in run support. You understand why there is interest at safety there. You talked about the sub 11 second, 100 meter sprint. That's something that's notable. I think you still want to see that translate a little, little bit better when he's in the full football pads. But right now I see a guy who can who can step up, maybe play some of that nickel, that star role that we talk about, because he has some of those instincts and willingness and physicality. I think curious about the coverage against, you know, top tier Big Ten talent. Um, that's something that's going to come to the light at the safety position for a lot of guys in that room for Penn State. And, and he'll be added to that mix. But I think right now you, you look at, at, at adding into the class defensive back has been a bit of a mystery box here. Right. In the last six, seven weeks. Um, so for Jordan Allen to be the one that ends up walking through that door. Not the name I think we expected going into June. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure, especially after he canceled that visit. Um, but no, it's a, it, he fits, and I'm glad you said could play in that nickel star role. I think he can play inside. Um, you know, he's, he doesn't, I think he was listed at 6'1 at one point. He's probably about 5'11, 185, but he's, he's thickly built. So I can see where you see, I can see where people see safety. I can see where people, uh, you know, put him inside with the nickel. Um, he's got, he's got great ball skills, um, playmaker or what you have six interceptions last year. So uh, a lot to like in terms of uh, his ability to turn and run, find the ball, um, it, it, it's, there's a lot of boxes that he checks there. Like I said, he's not a four, three guy. I don't expect him to be a four, three guy, but, um, you know, that, uh, that build when it comes around to it is if he's able to get in there with Dwight Galt and improve that 40 time, get that shuttle time down things like that, Penn state m- might have something pretty good there. So, um, I think it's, uh, like we said with Katron Allen, no relation. Um, he fits in the big 10. And this is a, you know, a guy that you probably would see go to, you know, a lot of guys have been successful going from Florida to Indiana, Wisconsin, places like that. Uh, Louisiana has sent guys up north and they've, they've had success. So interested to see where this one plays out, where he fits in with the, uh, the rest of the class and where he fits into that room. Well, that made it four straight days with a Penn State commitment. We had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Each day had its own addition for Penn State's future plans. Tyler, I got one one more thing here. It's also interesting on the latest roster, Zaki Wheatley is going to start his career at corner. He's listed as a cornerback on there. We reached out to some folks. They confirmed it. So that's an interesting, I guess, addition to this. I don't know that he sticks there. We've had him as a safety the entire time, but very fluid athlete, tall, long, uh, you know, can run really well. Um, can turn and run really well and find the ball. So I'm, I'm curious to see 
if that has anything to do with it. We've seen some moving pieces in that room with Marquise Wilson going over to receiver. Keaton Ellis has, has moved over to safety. And I think Mark saw him this week. He, he looks pretty big for a, uh, for a safety. He's not a cornerback anymore. I don't see him going back to cornerback. So there's definitely some moving pieces in there. We're going to see what, uh, how this all shakes out just uh, kind of the ripples down to the 2022 class. And not to mention the transfer additions we've seen, uh, you know, since the, since the new year. Yeah, AJ and Hicken and John, John Dixon. Yeah, they, right, they'll fit right. in there so, some way. So, and by Terry the way, Smith's Kay- getting all the corners. So that's what that's usually what he likes. <laughs> and by the way, Kalen King got just ridiculous amount of praise at, at, during his first semester at that position. So, yeah, an interesting area. We, we've looked at the defensive back unit uh, here in the 2022 cycle, and there's been names that have popped up, names that we thought were close to joining the class, and then things changed, and that didn't happen. That was kind of how June went early in July. Now you come here, you got Tyrese Mills, the, the Lackawanna College safety committed to you. Uh, you're, you're seeing the cornerback position here addressed with Jordan Allen. And then Makai Flowers, as we've discussed now for you know several months, six, seven months, kind of that's a, a swing prospect where he could end up on offense playing wide receiver for you. He could end up on defense playing safety for you. And either way, he could be a very high level talent for the Nittany Lions. Let's look at, at this spot first, defensive back with the addition of Allen, 20 guys on board, three of them there. How big could this class get? And what does the addition of Allen mean for you in terms of what could be next? Boy, that's that's a lot of questions right there. I appreciate that. Um, but it, it, you made a great point, adding those transfers, John Dixon and, and AJ Litton kind of takes some pressure off there. Um, you've got uh, Tyrese Mills back there. Um, so I don't think there's a ton of spots left, probably uh, two or three. Um, and that's that's taking the athlete tag with with Christian Driver in there playing safety. KJ Winston's going to announce at the end of July instead of the end of August. Um, and they still really, really like Cam Miller. So those are probably the three guys you focus on. If there's three more spots, those are the three guys you focus on. So I, I think it's yes, there's a little bit of gray area, but that's really who we're centered on now. If you're looking at guys that could potentially not only make moves in in the uh, in, in the short term, but also you got to feel good if you're Penn State for all three of those guys. Sean just mentioned Driver and Winston due up on the 29th and 31st of July, respectively. This Thursday, a huge commitment announcement set with Denied Dennis Sutton. That will be addressed here a little bit later in the podcast. It's also part of our mailbag question. Stay tuned for that. It's uh, part Sean, of everything we do these days. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Um, 20 guys in this class, though. It went from 12 to 20 in two weeks here in July. Settling, <laughs> settling through this, uh, I'm trying to figure out um, what, what the staff does now because you're going to have to slow, slow play some guys. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have your priorities that you're always going to have that door open for. We had Andy Frank on, what, five, six weeks ago and just talked about the challenges that these guys take uh, face uh, from a roster standpoint with the NCAA eligibility changes in COVID. Sean, 20 guys before August makes them – the highest volume recruiting class across college football right now. They are number two in the composite class rankings behind Ohio state ahead of Notre Dame. They've got the most guys on board out of anybody. Yeah. And it's not just taking guys to take guys. If you look at this run, they've been on these guys for these players for a long time. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton, obviously, I think the top target in this cycle, Um, you know, regardless of position driver, they've been on forever. KJ Winston, they were on hard before anybody else was, uh, Cam Miller is a guy that came up in June. They really, really liked where he was um, and and decided to push pretty hard. Now you've got uh, Penn State and Virginia Tech in that one. Andre Roy, the offensive lineman from from St. Francis, came up for an official visit. He's probably going to stretch things out into uh, into the fall, as will Darius Clemens, the receiver from uh, from Oregon. So, I mean, you've got guys all over the place in terms of making a decision. 
they're going to have to start making some decisions of their own. And I think they've already, they've already done that in, in terms of guys who have wanted to jump on board and you just kind of tap the brakes on a couple of, of people. And I mean, that I got more guys on this list here. Abdul Carter, you don't know what's going to happen with the linebacker from, from Southeast Pennsylvania. We think he's going to end up a Nittany Lion, but you know, the way that he has approached his recruitment, you're, you're not sure if he's got a time, if he even has a timeline. Similar to Jay Sean Barham from uh, St. Francis, used to be at DeMatha. I mean, this is a kid that they like a lot. And uh, everybody, you know, seems to think Maryland, Penn State, maybe some South Carolina in there as well. Um, and that's not even getting into Florida with guys like Wesley Besant and some other prospects down there and Emil Wagner. I mean, you've just got so many names. And, and, and wide receiver. I know it's viewed as a luxury by a lot of people. you got Omari Evans Omari down Evans, in Texas yeah. with that offers. And, of course, all the way across the country in Oregon, uh, you've got Darius Clemens who wants to take this deep into the process, maybe all the way into December. So how are they going to do it? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> they're going to end up with a, a pretty darn good class. And and like we said, I wouldn't be surprised if they went over 25, but you're going to do some picking and choosing down the, down the stretch. It's what you want to do, no doubt, but you also don't want to, you know, turn away guys that can potentially change games for you, which is really interesting because you bring up a guy like Amari Evans who came to your camp or came to your campus, worked out, ran a four three. That's some game changing speed, even though they've got so many receivers already. So I I do not envy them having to make this this uh, these decisions. Um, but I look back a year and I think where they were at this time last year, or maybe a little bit later than this this time last year, and it seems like a pretty good spot to be in for the staff. Well, I mean. You look at what has happened this month, and it's important to note, you said it, it's July 19th. We still have a while to go. We said July was going to be big. It's it's well on its way toward exceeding expectations, even your expectations, which I thought were pretty darn high. You could see this class get 22, 23 guys on board before they get to preseason camp. Sean, when you kind of assess why or how this has happened and, and the commitments that have come on board in such a spree, do we correlate it to Penn State setting a really strong foundation with it before the dead period ended? Or do we talk about more how Penn State is closed since the dead period ended? I guess it's a combination of both at the end of the day. It's got to be a combination of both. I mean, you look at what they were able to build through the pandemic with guys like Caden Saunders and Jerry Cross and Ken Talley setting that foundation. Um, and then on top of that, getting those guys onto campus to recruit others. And let's be honest here, you got two pretty good quarterbacks in there. That that changes the dynamic of a class altogether. So um, you've got a lot going for you. You've got so many, um, you, you, you've got seemingly, I don't want to call it fake momentum. I think the Miami head coach did that a couple of weeks ago, but you know, Penn state was, was hoping for some things to happen. Maybe didn't play out the way that they drew, drew it up with guys like Jaden gold and Jaden Bellamy um, going elsewhere, but still they, they rocked it with these visits. They got these guys on campus and even some of the guys that didn't get on campus. Um, I think they've seen the, the, the after effects of some of these uh, commitments and some of this peer recruiting that's going on. And it's just a really good wave right now. And you got to ride it as long as you possibly can. You think about the kind of the the tenor, the 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 aura around this team coming out of last signing day. It was a an underwhelming signing day, an underwhelming class overall for them. They'll have years to prove us wrong on that. But that's the perception about that 2021 recruiting class. You were coming off a four and five season, which was a disaster in a lot of ways. And to get to this point, six, seven months later, Sean. I mean, you've got to be thrilled if you're a Nittany Lions fan because this has all come without the Nittany Lions actually getting on the field and winning a football game here in 2021. Really a strong, strong sprint from last signing day to where we are now. And with a lot of you know unknown commodities with the staff coming out of the, the, the COVID shutdown, they've answered the bell in a big way and you've got to tip your cap to them. 
tenor and aura. I'm glad your vocabulary works today because mine is killing me right now. I'm just stumbling all over myself. So go back to Tyler for the uh, you know the the, the 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 fancy way to dress things up, and then you just come back to me, and I'm just gonna slobber all over myself over here. Um, but yeah, you got You got to feel good about yourself. You got to feel good about uh, where they're coming off of a four and five season. Um, getting these guys on campus mattered. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that, that that's something that 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 certainly was. Uh, you know, paramount Said. to their success. Yes. <laughs> and shockingly was, and shockingly guys wanted to wait until they made all their visits to make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we thought this many guys, but you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll take it. I mean, these are a lot of guys that they've targeted for a long, long time and they've uh, done a nice job closing out. Not only with that, but you've got Birchmeyer on the 23 uh, Spencer Rollins, a guy they really like, and um, you know, as a potential two year starter for them. So if you can find that in the portal a year before everybody else is looking for it in the portal, it's a good jump on it. So um, hats off to the recruiting staff. The the, the work is not done yet, um, but those guys, especially the the new hires, Kenny Sanders and Alan Zemitis, Hunter Carson, those those folks have done a tremendous job. And uh, I know I'm leaving some people out, and I apologize if they're listening, um, but they've done a tremendous job in, in bringing this all together. And I've said this before. This is the the most impressive peer recruiting group that I've seen. And I haven't covered a ton of Penn State recruiting cycles, but since that 2018 class, I think I think it's definitely in a different category than what we've seen recently. And that really helps, especially in this cycle. Uh, we're going to shift gears. Uh, by the way, lions247.com, if you're interested in reading and not just listening, uh, check out a breakdown of all 20 of these commitments. We have highlights for each of them, all in one comprehensive package that was published on Monday. So check that out. Videos, notes, quotes on all 20 of these Penn State commits. We're going to forward focus here in just a moment because we've got Big Ten Media Days coming up this week. we got our five-star mailbag to get to. Deny Dennis Sutton ready to step up and announce his decision this week. So stay with us here in the Lions 24-7 podcast. That's all coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Continuing the conversation here in the Lions 24-7 podcast, we got a bunch to get to, a big commitment. I do want to reference this, a quick correction. I mentioned that Penn State had more commitments than any Power 5 program. Boston College, upon further review, Sean, 22 commitments in the number 16 class nationally. Then it's Penn State with 20. So just a quick correction. That, that would have eaten <laughs> eaten at you all night, wouldn't it? It would have. You know how I am. Uh, 24-7 Sports releasing an update for the 2022 recruiting class. Uh, just in a couple of days here this week, Sean, it's something for our listeners to look forward to. It's something that we're looking ahead to. You know, it, it's been a weird cycle for for our ranking council and for our, our scouts and analysts to, to decipher because of the lack of camps and just because a lot of these guys haven't played much high school football of late. But there's going to be some shuffling, going to be some Penn State guys moving around too. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I just wanted to get that out there. A little bit of a tease, I suppose. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of those things where we've seen a lot of camps and we've we've seen some guys had spring seasons. So you'll, I think you'll see a couple of Penn State guys moving. I don't think anything is is in for a draft. Anyone's in for a drastic move or anything like that. But anytime that you can hold hold steady or, or move up a little bit, they'll take that. And as the number two recruiting class in the country, obviously after the uh, the ESPN three hundred update last week, they you know gained a couple of points or whatever. But always like to see that number go up rather than down. We'll take a closer look at that when that pops and, and break down some commits and targets that are in the mix and on the move. Um, also this week, Sean, myself, our colleague, Mark Brennan, are going to be flying out to Indianapolis, home of the Big Ten Media Days. It was in Chicago in the past. Uh, this time around, we're going to get James Franklin. We're going to get three Penn State veteran players. Uh, had not been announced who those players will be, but you should expect guys who've been on campus for four or five years, maybe six years at this point. Um, when we look at, at you know kind of what's ahead in Big Ten Media Days, first off, it's going to be our, our first opportunity, Sean, to go, I think, face-to-face with Penn State players since the Cotton Bowl. The, the post-game locker room availability down at AT&T at Stadium in Arlington, Texas was the last time we got to go face-to-face with players on the Penn State roster. It's going to happen this week in Indianapolis. I'm excited for that, but it's going to be a bunch happening in Indianapolis. You're going to have 14 different Big Ten coaches. You're going to have dozens of Big Ten players, and you're going to have a bunch of us schlepping around trying to find stories. And there's plenty to, to, to look at. Bad Big Ten picture, but you have to imagine most of the questions going Penn State's way are going to revolve around Mike Yursich coming on board and what happens next for that offense specifically for Sean Clifford. Yeah, that, I, and I think you're going to see what probably Dotson out there or something like that to answer for the offense. Maybe Clifford. I I don't know that that roster has not been released yet, um, but yeah, I think that's where a lot of the questions are going to be, especially for James Franklin. Going to be those. How are you rebounding from a four and five season? How did you handle all this? I, I think that's going to be. I don't want to say overplayed this week, but you're going to hear a lot of questions on how they handled this last year. And and I get it. Nobody's been face to face with these. Really, one of my favorite things about going to Big Ten Media Days when I used to go um, was sitting down just at the tables with these players and and you get a little bit more uh, candid response from them rather than putting a microphone in front of them and saying, hey, answer my question, talk to me about whatever I want you to talk about. Um, so hopefully we get a little bit more from whichever players are out there. But yeah, I think Franklin's going to be under the microscope for um, you know the, the job that he had last year and how different things are for him, turning that thing around, getting rid of Kirk Shiraka, bringing in Mike Yurcich. I think he's probably going to have to answer for his defense as well. I mean, uh, Brent Pry has been a guy that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about on our message boards, just kind of uh, uh, just kind of squirming around a little bit. People not very comfortable with where they thought this defense was last year. And you're, you're losing a bunch of guys from that defense and you like some of the talent, some of the frontline talent that comes back. But I think there's going to be plenty of questions of Brent Pry as well. Yeah, there's going to be like, first off, I know it's gonna be some frustration at some of the questions that Franklin will be asked because it's going to be stuff that the local media beat has covered extensively this spring or even last season. You're going to have national and regional reporters kind of asking broad questions. It's going to be a lot of NIL stuff. There's going to be stuff looking back at last year. But when we kind of focus in on what this 2021 Penn State team can can do. You know, Clifford's going to be a part of that, but there's a name that we haven't heard much of this offseason from players, from coaches that I'm hoping we get more meat on the bone there. Taquan Roberson, Sean, it has been very quiet on that front. I don't think it can be any longer. Otherwise, sound the alarm. 
I mean, I, I agree with you to some extent. I don't know how much we're going to get out of it in Indy. You know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where we've asked James a bunch of times. We've asked Mike Yersich. You had an interview with Mike Yersich a few weeks ago and didn't really get much into there or didn't really get deep into what's going on there. He's, and basically, they're not where they want to be as, as a backup. And I don't know that you're going to get much beyond that. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, just looking around the roster, what, what you're going to do at running back, how the, how that's going to work out with your receiver rotation. You know, you're going to replace Pat Fair. I mean, I, these things are all very surface level, but I, I just keep, I, it was funny. You were talking about uh, the questions that the national media or whoever is going to ask. And I was thinking a couple of years ago, back to uh, the second question James Franklin got was about Mac Hippenhammer, who was like a freshman at that point. It was a local Indiana guy. Um, so that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a little bit of that. So um, I, I, you know, take, take those quotes as you will for what they're worth. But uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of question around the office. I don't think it's just going to settle on, on the back of quarterback. I mean, let's be honest here. There's, so many questions about the starting quarterback. And I think that that will be a focus for national and local media alike to see how, you know, Sean Clifford has handled the the transition, how, you know, if he had any thoughts on them potentially pursuing a transfer or trying to fix that quarterback room mm. with a quick fix, which they obviously didn't do. So I think there's a lot of questions and I think you'll probably hear a lot more Clifford than Robert Roberson this week. Oh, on that, it'll be, there'll be more Clifford. And, and, you know, the Clifford conversation is one that we've had continuously. We've had Sean available for several media sessions this year already. We have not had Taquan Roberson available for us since that aforementioned post-game availability down in Arlington, Texas in December 2019. This hasn't happened. So we have a lot to catch up on that topic. Uh, the number two quarterback, and, and you're right, um, we're probably not going to go for too much further down that road that we already have because they're going to want to get in the training camp and, and maybe we'll get some more, but been a lot of cautiousness, I would say from Yersich, from Franklin, from really players to really go too far into that topic of, of what's happening in the quarterback room beyond Sean Clifford, other than saying guys are working, guys are working to improve. We just don't know much about who Taquan Roberson is at this stage of his career. I know I've said that before in this podcast, but we're getting to the point where like we have to figure out something about this guy. I know that, that it's important for the staff to do it and, and what they're doing in Lash. They want to get a grasp of what Taquan Roberson is. Sooner or later, it, it's going to be on the field for us all to see. Um, and maybe we'll just have to take our time and be patient. But he's the kind of that name this offseason that I feel like we just haven't been able to peel back the curtain enough to this point. Can it happen this week? Maybe. Will it? That's probably a, probably a, a bit too um, optimistic on my part. I'm starting this point without knowing where I'm finishing, but when you asked uh, uh, Mike Yersich about Sean Clifford, when other people have asked about Sean Clifford, he wants to be great. He's learning everything. He or, or He's trying to soak in everything, and he's very coachable. All those things are fine, but we don't really know anything more about Sean Clifford than we already knew coming into this. So I'm just curious if there's tangible progress there. That's the thing that that, that is always funny to me because you ask them, and, and they give you these – perspective answers and they're fine and they fill up columns and things like that. Um, But we really don't know anything more about Sean Clifford than we knew going into last season. And of course he was kind of shuttered away, you know, with, with the four and five season with the off season and things like that. So I just want to know if he's better. We're not going to get those answers in Indy, but is he better? Is he a better quarterback now? Um, Can you say something more about him other than he wants to be great or he's great at learning and he's soaking everything in and he's coachable and all these little cliches that we like to throw around. That's what I'm curious is, is, has he gotten better? And I, I don't think we're going to hear about that in Indy, but it's just a a very interesting take when you keep hearing the same things over and over about a certain player. 
Oh, 47 days from when we're recording, we, he will get a chance to hit the field in Madison, Wisconsin, and we'll get a better understanding. We'll see what we hear between then uh, and now. But Sean, also position movement. That seems like it's going to be something that has to be discussed. Keaton Ellis over to safety, Marquise Wilson over to wide receiver. I talked to Brent Pry in June. He left the door open for both those guys to end up back at cornerback, though. Again, Photo evidence of Keaton Ellis recently suggests that will not be the case. Uh, Jesse Lucetta, you know, we got a bit of a cliffhanger thrown our way from from James Franklin as he wrapped up spring practices, saying he was going to have that conversation as a defensive staff and and with J- Jesse Lucetta about what he may be doing on the field and still considers him a starter. And Brent Price said he considers Lucetta and Keaton Ell- or Ellis Brooks, I should say, both starters. What position is that at for Jesse Lucetta? There's a lot of questions there. Again, things we might not get the answers that we're looking for, but things you would expect to be addressed. Also, the fact that Penn State's bringing in a bunch of transfers. They've they've had them on campus. That's going to be a topic. And then freshmen, it's it's going to be a good time to kind of check on the progress there. Is Kalen King continuing his trajectory? What's the deal with Landon Tengwall, who we didn't get to see in the spring? All sorts of stuff could get asked about, but but those were some some things I jotted down here that I would anticipate our colleagues will ask about. And, and personally, uh, I intend to try to do some snooping as well. Also, Eric Wilson, AJ Litton, those guys that that have joined the team recently, and those other transfers, how they fit in, what they, you know, how they've assimilated to the program, and things like that, will be interesting. They've hit the transfer market so hard, you kind of can't ignore it these, these days. So I'm interested to hear, especially with Wilson, because you've got Des Holmes, who was expected to take over that left guard spot. Of course, you sl- you slid Mike Miranda into center. How does that happen, or how do, how does that? take root and 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 what have you seen from eric wilson so far which probably to be honest with you isn't much because he's only been around for a, a little over a month and there's only so much that the coaching staff or whomever can can do with him at this point um but just curious to see how he's fitting into the program because that's a guy that you know if you're bringing him in you're bringing him in to start and that's a that's an opportunity for him to to to, to make a first impression and and to make your team better in the long run and our latest chance to gauge the the injury status or the recovery of, of Noah Kane, where he is. If you've seen some videos that have come out, he looks very good. He finished spring ball on the field, albeit not in full action. Not a ton other than that lingering health issues that are going to be brought up, I think. here. You mentioned Des Holmes not being involved in the spring. That's an interesting one. But um, I should note, 24-7 Sports uh, put a poll, a poll out for the Big Ten, 18 voters that covered the Big Ten and, and nationally. Uh, this was released just a few days ago. Penn State projected as the number two team in the East behind, of course, Ohio State, ahead of, in order, Indiana, Michigan, Rutgers, Maryland, and Michigan State. Wisconsin, who they opened the season against, uh, the unanimous favorite to win the West ahead of Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern, and then Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois uh, closing out those Western division projections. Um, So Penn State projected for number two, Sean. That's where they are in the recruiting rankings, and we've got to get to a potential major boost for this 2022 class. We teased about it earlier. Denied Dennis Sutton. It is time on Thursday – I hope it's not when we're talking to Franklin and company. Uh, hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's a it's get to do both out there in Indy. We can w- follow along with the announcement, but he's ready, Sean. Alabama, Georgia, Penn State are the hats on the table. Five o'clock on Thursday is what I'm told. And, and Perfect. that's just, it's, it's on CBS Sports HQ. So we'll have it on, on 24-7 Sports. Definitely follow along. I'm, I tell you five o'clock right now, those things can change. So, but that's where I'm shooting at uh, for Thursday, but yeah, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be the big one. I mean, as I said earlier, I think that's, he's the number one target in this cycle. And um, there's guys that have been close and they've, they've closed on a couple of those really big targets so far. Um, But this one is, this is the one that we've been watching the entire time. This is the highest competition level they have faced or probably will face in this cycle. And it's, it's absolutely huge. 
And this was one that during the spring, Sean, there was some optimism about where Penn State stood uh, going out of going out of this long extended dead period. Then in June, sent the board into a bit of a meltdown with more recent reporting about where this recruitment could be headed. And now here we are. Nice run for Penn State and an opportunity for it to continue. This has been like the pendulum going back and forth. Yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of what you expected with the competition level and the the circumstances with not being able to visit places. This is a kid that's been to Penn State before, probably hadn't seen the coaches since he was a freshman, and then all of a sudden had that long layoff, but still had a fantastic relationship. Obviously, McDonough has been very successful in sending uh, prospects to Penn State, uh, but then you get out there, you see different things, and and different things happen, and it's, and it's really been just kind of back and forth, and it's funny because I, I think a lot of not a lot of people, but some people think we know the end result all the time. And this is the rest is just window dress, kind of like a, a pro wrestling type thing. The, the the results are predetermined, but everything else is is, is built up and in, in an act. But this one, honestly, back and forth. There, there are times when I during this recruitment, I said he's gone. He's he's not coming to Penn State. And then two days later, you might think, oh, maybe he is. And, and you know, it's going to be uh, I think he's got his mind made up. And I think that, you know, our, our We've we kind of have seen this one flow back and forth. Um, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it. Uh, that's what gives me heartburn, to be honest with you. And it's not so much of the kid going one way or the other. It's just you. You don't want to put bad information out there. But back and forth, as we've seen so many times uh, over, over the years with recruiting. And uh, we will get to that a little bit more in the mailback question upcoming. But as I take a peek at the crystal ball on 24-7 sports, as of 4.30 p.m. Uh, here on a Monday, uh, unanimously favoring the Nittany Lions. And if you look at this, you'd say, oh, there hasn't been much drama in this recruitment. You've got your pick, Sean, uh, which dates back to January. Uh, I put one in February. You saw Brian Doan put one in January. The most recent crystal ball pick here for Penn State is Steve Wiltfong on May 5th. And I will note the confidence level has changed there. Yeah, it's gone back. I thought, sorry, I thought we were doing the mailbag first. That's why I set you up for that one. Uh, but yeah, Steve's Steve's back up with us. Um, I think we're all around seven or something. I don't pay particularly close attention to the We are all the at seven. All, everyone I just mentioned. Everyone's yeah. at seven. All right. Mm-hmm. Steve went down to one for a little bit and uh, some people near, he got near the ledge on that one and, and he came <laughs> back to it uh last uh, late last week or early or over the weekend or something like that. So like Santa Claus. Yeah, certainly, certainly been uh, back and forth on that one. Well, we will stay tuned again Thursday. That's the decision. A huge one upcoming for Penn State. And this is not the first rodeo that Sean and I have been through in terms of following a recruitment that goes every which way and leaves you guessing down to the wire. And that's where the five star mailbag sends us right now. Here is the question Um, from uh, aside from uh, Dennis Sutton and even Nick Singleton, what is your most memorable recruitment from a back and forth on predictability standpoint? This is referencing, of course, the fact that Singleton for a moment there seemed maybe headed to to South Bend, Indiana, joining the Fighting Irish and uh, Penn State able to get him on board earlier this month. And Sean, I'll turn turn this to you, but I wanted to reference uh, an obvious one on the Penn State front, Micah Parsons. I mean, this was the, the, the... uh, the recruitment to follow in the 2018 cycle, which was a very, very strong one for Penn State. But, you know, he names his dog Brutus after the, the Buckeyes mascot. Ohio State, everybody thinks he's heading there after he decommits from Penn State. And then there's, a, you know, the issues at Columbus. He tweets about the quarterback situation. And you think, okay, it's not going to be Ohio State, but 
he goes to Georgia, I think five days before signing day, he's in Athens, Georgia, checking out Bulldogs facilities. He told me during that season that he had a love-hate relationship with the Penn State fans uh, who loved him when he committed the first time, did not really like it when he backed off his pledge after the blue-white game in 2017. And for a while, it felt like he was going to show up to Beaver Stadium in someone else's uniform. We know how it ended, an All-American career at Penn State. But man, that was one to follow. And, and I, I always remember, Sean, you and I being in that, uh, in that auditorium at Harrisburg and just not knowing what the heck Michael Parsons was going to do. And, you know, kind of tough to even ask questions to him at that point. He was a bit shut down for a while. Well, it was crazy because you had the stuff with Ohio State where, you know, he went out and was on game day or whatever, and they got a slap on the wrist. And I and I think that's that was a little bit kind of sleight of hand on, on that uh, and visited Oklahoma, visited Georgia. You know, he's just all over the place. And and I think that's kind of the when, when we get a question like this, you take a look at the competition level. And and I have a list of uh, of guys here. And, you know, for the most part, probably for all of these, except maybe one got top level competition, Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. And that's the thing about this recruitment with the Dennis Sutton is this one felt to me sort of like a Brian Brzee. Um, He was a guy who Penn state led for early. And, and if you read uh, interviews after the fact, he actually said, I thought I was going to Penn state for a good bit of this recruitment. And then all of a sudden Clemson came in and obviously Clemson uh, national power came in and, and landed his signature. So to me, that's kind of at the crossroads that Penn state was at with deny Dennis Sutton is you found, um, you know, this is a guy that you put the work in to get out in front to have a, you know, a sizable lead going into visits, but at the same time, you know, those, those powers were looming. I mean, Georgia has one of the top recruiting classes year in and year out. Uh, you can, you know, bellyache all you want about whether they do the most or, or the least with the most or whatever. Alabama, you don't have to read those credentials. You know, you just say Alabama and that does it. Um, this is, this is one where you've got to sort of strap in and, and see if you can hang and it doesn't always work out as it, as it did with, uh, with Brian, but uh, you know, if Penn state can land this one, that's a, that's a huge, huge win. Um, Mike Kosicki, I mean, your boy from, from Jersey. Uh, this is one that I think I still had my crystal ball in Ohio state when he picked Penn state. And there was, I thought, I thought urban Meyer was going to make that move from a logical time. standpoint at that time. I mean, let's be honest here at that time, that that's a huge win uh, for Penn state. Just a, anytime you can beat Ohio state is a huge win, but for everything that was going for Ohio state and everything that was going against Penn state, it's like, you can't win that one. Then they turned around and did it. I remember at that so I remember at that time, Mike's telling me um, the hardest thing he ever had to do in his life was to pick up the phone and call Urban Meyer and say, it's Penn State, not Ohio State. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty crazy to, that he had to make that call. Jason Away was the same way. Um, mm. That went back and forth between Ohio State and Penn State because you also had that unique dynamic of Micah Parsons, Tyreek Smith, who was a, a silent commit to Penn State for a long time before he flipped to Ohio State. And then Jason signed with actually signed with Penn State in December and held off and kept everybody guessing for a while there. He was down at the Under Armour All-American game, kept everybody guessing for a while until we found out that he had signed with Penn State in the early signing period. So that one was crazy. Uh, I go back to what I said earlier, um, John Mechie. John Mechie is a receiver from Canada that played at, uh, played in Maryland and Penn State put themselves in the lead. They offered early, they did everything right. And then all of a sudden, Josh Gaddis goes to Alabama and offers him to, to honest, honest to God, I had no idea why they offered him. I thought Mechie was a really good prospect, but I didn't think he was an Alabama prospect. And there is a difference there. Um, 
but you know, he's proved me wrong. He's really freaking good, man. Um, so he's, he's made the most of that down in Alabama, but another situation where they put themselves in the lead. And then all of a sudden one of those big powers comes in and you got to weather that storm and they didn't do it there. Um, back and forth. Uh, Nick cross is a big one. They, I tell you what, they, I guarantee you, they wish they had Nick cross in that secondary right now, that one with going to Florida state and Maryland and taking that last second visit to Penn state and then ending up, uh, ending up at Maryland, even though, you know, he always wanted to go to Florida state it was a crazy sort of, um, recruiting triangle there, and that one didn't work out. But yeah, there's a there's been a lot of uh, a lot of heartburn for uh, for Penn State fans in some of these, and um, you know some of them they turn out well, some of them they don't, and you just got to look at that competition level and say Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, uh, some of you know some of these teams that are out there, Ohio State. Sorry, I can't believe I left them out. That's a that's a big deal to win those battles. One more that Ohio State was a factor in there, Rashid Walker, again, that 2018 recruiting class. He was one of those guys who held out for February, truly held out, did not sign during the early signing period, went down to the wire with him. And he actually told me later on that he left the group chat with Penn State commits. He was in a group chat with other 2018 Penn State commits. The day of signing day, his announcement's going to go public. He leaves the group chat and they're all, they all think he's on board. And at that point, they're like, well, I guess he's gone. Uh, it, it was a bit of a, it was just a little bit of fun on his part, but I think that kind of told the tale of how much that was hanging in the balance toward the end. And the def- the definitive one here in the last few years for us, Sean, and he's not of the caliber as some of the guys we have discussed in terms of the rankings and the offer sheets, but Emery Simmons, who committed to North Carolina, <laughs> then decommitted to commit to Penn State, then decommitted to commit to North Carolina, where he ultimately signed. So that would be the definition of a back and forth recruitment. That is truly a back and forth. I, that one slipped my mind for, for, obvious reasons, but that's uh that's a crazy one to think about. And, there, and there's been other ones, but you, you think of those high profile guys and um, you know, drama is the words it's thrown around, but the, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, those, if Kirby's going for him, if, if Nick Saban's going for him, urban back in the day, Ryan day now, I mean, uh, Dabo just, that's a, that's a tough one for Penn state to win. Uh, cause you're, cause you're not quite there as a program and all those ones that have been in the, in the, uh, you know, all those ones that have been in the playoffs multiple times are certainly sitting in a good spot. And it's tough to, it's easier to, uh, to punch down than punch up if you're in that situation. As you can tell, we could probably spend an entire episode on this topic. We will not. Uh, excellent mailbag question. And, and one that, uh, you know, we'll probably circle back to some of these stories down the road here on the podcast. Sean, I think that's going to do it for us. I got to get ready to get to Indianapolis. We got to prepare for this uh, Denai Dennis Sutton announcement later in the week. We got rankings coming up. So a bunch going on at lions247.com. I'd encourage everyone to check that out. Uh, add your uh, five-star mailbag question at Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review along with your question. We'll do our best to get to it. Anything else to throw uh, out to the listeners before we wrap up here? Probably should give the final prediction on Denai Dennis Sutton. I what do you got? Penn, I think he's going to Penn State. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my crystal ball pick with you and what a boost. I mean, what a July this could turn out to be. That would be number 21 on the board, maybe more to come. We'll see. Uh Thursday is that announcement. You hear it from Sean, crystal ball staying put. Stay with us here on Lines 24/7 and the podcast. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24/7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.